0: thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, where we explore anatomy through a biblical lens. We like to begin each show with prayer requests. We have an email set up for that. It is prayer at, at Please send us your prayers. My family and I would enjoy praying for you. Along that vein, today's episode is going to be about service, a little bit of anatomy and physiology coming later, but mainly about service. And I've got a cool story to share with you. Something I'm really excited about and what God is doing in our lives. By the end of this podcast, I think you'll have a better understanding of why service is essential in all of our lives. We're all called to do it in some form or fashion. Hopefully, our story will inspire you to do so. I think it's a very inspiring story. Now, the problem that we have in our society, uh, we could do podcast after podcast after podcast just speaking to this problem, and in some ways we do that, but we try to focus more on resolution and the good in the world as opposed to the problem. Uh, I've received recent feedback that um got to be careful with these sorts of things because they can come across as an us versus them thing. And while I firmly believe that society devalues men regularly, uh, I don't see it as a we versus them or an us versus them thing. Uh, I see a population that is disregarded, a population that is discredited, a population that is ignored for their service. And I want to be inspirational to that community and pick them up so they can be better functioning members of society and contribute to the good of this society Rejecting the lie that we're told. So in that, what's the problem and why do we feel called to do something about the problem? Well, we feel called by God to build community, supporting men in this world. A world that is full of opportunities for the societal influence that bombards us through our TVs, through our phones, through everything, even just social interaction that bombards us and oftentimes has so many opportunities to outweigh the biblical influence in our lives. So what do we do? Well, as brothers, we serve brothers and thereby sisters with, excuse me, with authenticity in the midst of change ourselves through our calling and ministry as teachers per Ephesians 4.11, relating the often opposed subjects of anatomy and physiology in the process. Those of you that know me know my background is largely based in anatomy and physiology and so I'm always going to try and put an anatomy and physiology spin on things as I believe it is God inspired and uh, a lot of people don't recognize that it's God inspired. But first and foremost we're here to support each other. Support each other and then once we've established that support and we begin climbing the mountain together, we're looking at opportunities to increase physiological performance, which I have a plethora of experience on how to do that through all systems of the body. So it is truly a joy for me to be able to serve in that way as a teacher. Today we're going to talk about Romans 12:3 through 8, which talks about the gifts of grace and how we all are given different gifts. I am by nature a teacher, And so I teach and I try to show people the path to be on teaching people with not only my academic experience, but my personal or anecdotal experience. Also, our mission statement has changed a little bit based on feedback. You might be like me. You might be the type of person that uh, was asked to write a five page paper and you handed in a 30 and the advice uh, my whole life in writing has been the same How can you say this with less? And so I've sent out a lot of invitations for the community that we've built, sent out some automated emails and some other things, and I'm realizing every day more and more that I'm very wordy with how I phrase things. And sometimes less is truly more. And so through the recommendation of people that I trust, I have trimmed down our mission to one sentence, actually. Still talking about the who, what, and how, uh, but here is our mission statement in a sentence. We bring together men who have ever felt attacked over their God-given masculinity to renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship so we can enhance our performance, whether that be spiritual, physiological, or, or another, that potential in life to lead our households And follow God's calling for our lives. To exemplify that service, that teaching, I'd like to walk right into the story that I have for you today. And this story is fresh. It's from this morning. After Men's Group Wednesday morning, I'm now recording this podcast on Wednesdays. And by the way, I apologize. I think last week I just jumped into the podcast. I was so excited to record it and uh, didn't even talk about the previous nine days. Well, if you go back to the previous episode, uh, it was on a Monday. And at that point, I was recording every three days. And based on the advice of a mentor of mine, he said, for a lot of people, that can be too much information and too difficult to keep up with. So you might consider going to once a week. So I did. And the rest of that week, I was analyzing what time in my schedule would work best so that I can not only wholly dedicate time to this podcast but also turn on a camera and record video as I'm doing for the second time now which you'll be able to find that on YouTube if you want the video side of things if you want the auditory side of things all the normal podcasts apply there so I selected Wednesdays and last Wednesday I jumped on for my first Wednesday uh, in this new sequence of a weekly podcast and I don't think I mentioned it at all that I'd selected Wednesday or that you could anticipate future episodes on Wednesdays. So sorry about that, but that's the way that it is for now. So Wednesdays about midday, maybe later towards five o'clock or so, at least our time here in Boise, Idaho mountain standard time is when we'll look to publish, not only the YouTube, uh, but the audio form of the podcast through all the different platforms. So that's what we're looking to do. But, uh, Let me get to the story at hand today. So Wednesday morning group, excellent time. I love those men uh, dearly. They've been very instrumental in my life and uh, I can't imagine doing life without them. Afterwards, I had set up time to buy a couple to-go containers of coffee, those big uh, containers that you see, and I decided to go to a local firehouse. Uh, About... Two miles up the road or so is probably our closest firehouse. There's another one that's probably three. Uh, We're close to two of them. I picked this one because I pass by it almost every single day. And like most people, like most of us, I don't even give it a second thought. Uh, And over the last few weeks, I've been paying more attention to various firehouses, this one in particular, and noticing that there are never any cars out front. It's always empty. So last night... After work, I pulled into this parking lot, and uh, everything's locked up. But there's a big green doorbell, so I hit that, and gentleman comes up and says, "Hey, how can I help you? How can I be of service to you?" And uh, I, I just mentioned to him that I really value the service that you're providing. I really value your thankless job. This goes mainly out to military, fire, rescue, and police, and there are others, but those are the ones that sort of melt my heart on the men and women that contribute their daily work to a service-based profession, and one that is largely thankless, and the gentleman was visibly emotional, could tell that this doesn't happen often. And I asked him, I said, would it be all right if I brought some coffee in and, uh, kind of sat down and, you know, talked with you guys about your life experiences and those sorts of things. And he said, yeah, that would be great. This is, this is a public building. We'd love to have you here. And, uh, I was warmed by that, that, that was, uh, comforting, you know, to be allowed into an area that has such high camaraderie, not like a football locker room. You know, it's a, it's it's largely a brotherhood in there. I was really humbled by that. And so I made it a point after men's group to grab a couple things of coffee and head back to that fire station. And I arrived and met two other individuals and said more or less the same thing that I appreciated them. And you could see Emotionally, both of them were, were touched. And uh, I had the coffee with me and they said, well, can we take that from you and take something off your hands and all that completely service focused. They are on a daily basis and what they do. And I said, yeah, can I, can I enjoy a cup with you? He said, sure, come on in. And so we went in, we set everything down and uh, probably talked with, one of the men there for, it couldn't have been more than 45 seconds. And then the bells, the alarms started going off and there was an active call. And so I got out of everybody's way, thanked them for their time and hoped to go back and actually sit down with them and have some good conversation. Um, But they have a service to provide and they're there for emergency response. And so I certainly wasn't going to get anybody's way in allowing them to do their job and to serve somebody they were very thankful for the coffee and very thankful for the kind words that I had to say. And, uh, I'm pretty certain I'm going to make it a regular thing. Um, if you pull up your map on your phone and you search how many firehouses you have, there's probably one within a couple miles of you in the city. I live in Boise, Idaho. There's probably 30 or 40 firehouses throughout the entire city. Um, And the majority of time, I challenge you to look at the parking lot that's out front of these firehouses uh, and or wherever visitors are allowed to park, maybe on the side or in the back. I bet it's empty. I bet every time you drive by, it's empty. If you see a car there, it's probably an anomaly, but I bet you it's empty. And uh, these men and, and women work hard. They work hard and they provide a service that largely goes unrecognized. They provide, provide a base service, not unlike military, that allows us to live our lives. Military fight for us, often overseas, and allow us to take for granted this life that we have. And here locally, fire, rescue, and police do the same, same thing. And not only are they not thanked for what they do, Oftentimes, they're ridiculed for what they do and not doing it the correct way, using too much force and whatever the case may be. Now, I'm not here to jump on this podcast and to defend everything right or wrong that a fire member, a um, police officer has done or not done. But I do recognize and feel very called to minister to these individuals. I recognize that by and large, the majority of them are doing the right thing. And they're persecuted for often reasons that are not applicable to them specifically. And it must be, it must be trying. It must be really trying to go through that on a day in and day out basis. And you and I, we probably have jobs where we work eight hours at a time. Maybe we work 12. They work 48-hour shifts at this particular firehouse. And that's probably pretty standard across the country. 48 hours straight of on-call. They get some sleep when they can, but when the bell rings, the bell rings. And I had the pleasure of seeing the bell ring and the efficiency in which they got out the door. It was probably less than 30 seconds from that bell ringing, before they were out the door and ready to go serve someone. And so I share that story to inspire you and and to challenge you as well. How far away is your closest firehouse? And if you don't feel specifically called to that, how close or far away is your local jailhouse or military base, hospital? Any of these areas where people work and serve us and largely go without thanks. So I'm going to have plenty of stories moving forward to share with you about my experiences, and I will share as many of them as are applicable to our topic of conversation, Uh, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity and really looking forward to uh, gaining proximity to these men and women and discipling them to the best of my ability. of the podcast that matters, the Bible. Not that our service doesn't matter, it does. And not that that story doesn't matter, it clearly does. It's why I involved it, but nothing matters more than the Word of God. So, today we'll read Romans twelve three through 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, through many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. with cheerfulness. This ties in closely with Ephesians 4.11 that I quote often, or at least make reference to. It's talking about the gifts of grace. It's talking about what we referenced just a moment ago and that we all are given different gifts of grace. I am pretty certain that my gift is a teacher. And I don't believe that gifts are exclusive, that you're 100% one Uh, But my highest concentration is teaching. And my specific gift is highlighted there. Uh, If for the one who teaches in his teaching, provide service in that teaching, which is what I try to do on a daily basis, both at the college level through this podcast, serving at my daughter's school, whatever the case may be. The first application that I'd like to focus on is to think with sober judgment. I struggle with this and I I sort of preach this out of hypocrisy because I do it myself. But I wonder how often we're truly focused. I've said it before in the podcast that sometimes when I pray before bed, uh, I often fall asleep in the middle of prayer. Or I begin prayer and the next thing I know I'm thinking about my agenda the next day and what I have to get done. Even in the shower, where for a lot of us, our best thoughts come, I find myself drifting in thought from thing to thing. And for me, it's often based on productivity. It's based on what I need to accomplish and get done in terms of my tasks. But sometimes it's just completely useless things. It might be a sporting event that's coming up or something that I get excited about and thinks important enough to take up space in my mind, but truly isn't. And sometimes it, it worries me to an extent because of how distracted I am and it seems almost impossible to focus, to be of sober judgment. I catch myself and I start the prayer over or I catch myself and I focus on what truly matters in that moment in time. And I'm at a point now where probably within 30 seconds I'm distracted again. I'm in the midst of change myself. But I said a prayer earlier today that I promise to be the guardian of my mind to better defend against what comes in. As we mentioned in the beginning of nearly every podcast, we live in a society where the influence of that society for most of us is outweighing the biblical influence. And I'm doing that too. And so I made a promise. I said in my prayer, a promise that I was going to do a better job of being a guardian of my mind to make sure that what is meant to be there is there for a purpose and to deflect and shield the things coming in that don't belong. If you're like me and you're hyper-focused on being productive, you may find find yourself being busy. Talked about this in men's group this morning. I have concerns for busyness. I think a lot of times when we're so wrapped up and so busy and so focused on the next task that we're not guarding our minds. And we're allowing sinful nature to come and seep inward. So, I'm gonna make it a point for me to slow down. There's a book that was recommended, and the name of it escapes me at the moment, but there's a book that was recommended on a Zoom call last night in a group that I'm a part of uh, that basically challenges this very idea that it's okay to slow down. In fact, in some ways, you can increase your productivity when you slow down is weird as that sounds. And speaking from experience, I can say truthfully that the days and weeks and months that I truly slow down, focus on what's most important, putting the word of God first, my prayer time first, my family first, that when I look back on the day, when I look back on the week, when I look back on the month, a lot, a lot of times it's my most productive day to date or week to date or month to date. And I oftentimes don't give myself credit for what I accomplish in a day, in a week, or in a month. It's time to stop that. It's time to challenge myself and if you're in this boat, to challenge you as well to give yourself credit for what you're accomplishing and challenge yourself to slow down if you find yourself in this busyness mindset, this busyness trap. You've probably heard the saying, jack of all trades, master of none. I would much rather have depth in my life in a way that a person is a master of one thing, their one talent, their one gift that they're given predominantly. I would rather that than sort of float through the day at a superficial level, just sort of skimming the surface. I see this in students just doing the bare minimum in their education to get by and get that passing grade and move on to the next. I see and hear from them years later and what they remember about the course is very minimal. And like us, they're caught into this society that keeps us busy. And although busyness, like money, itself is not a sin, It can be used in a slothful way. It can be used in a sinful way. So we have to be very guarded in that, which is why I make the promise to better guard my mind. Next, I want to focus on measure of faith. All our talents are provided by God. When I read this, I think of that argument that a lot of people say in regards to music. And they say, well, once you become a Christian, you can't listen to this or you can't listen to this. Well, all people are God-created people. All talents are God-given talents. Those talents maybe aren't exemplified to the level that they should be because the person isn't committing and doing their part in the relationship between them and God but even their base level talents are all God inspired and God gifted. So when I listen to music and I find out that the band isn't Christian, I don't use that as a way to create division and a way to reach out to them on social media and preach the gospel to them as they are inferior to me in in no way, shape or form. I don't see Christianity as calling me to do that. I see Christianity as calling me to love that person. Furthermore, as it applies more to this measure of faith, I find it important to enjoy the glory that God has provided, enjoy the talents that God has provided. Uh, I have a drum set here behind me, and I can hardly play the thing. It's totally for show. I can play a few things here and there, and I enjoy it, which is why I have it, but I am by no means a drummer. But one of the first things I hear in music is The drums. And I can appreciate the God-given talent in any drum song that I come across, regardless of whether that person is Christian or not Christian or any other denomination. Along that point, I think we spend far too much time looking for opportunities to create division. There's a famous preacher by the name of Francis Chan, and one of his books that I've read called Until Unity he says something to the effect of his friends list, his best friends, some of the greatest people he knows in terms of their loyalty to him and their ministering to him are Catholic, are Mormon, are Christian, are you name it. I, I agree with him on that. I have that experience too. And I don't necessarily at this point in time feel it's my job to do anything other than love them. As my understanding of the Bible increases, my opinion may change. Uh, Francis Chan even talks about that. He says, there's things that I used to be 100% sure on, and now I'm 70% sure on. I'm not going to sit here and claim to know everything, but I am going to utilize my talents of teaching and support to support a community of men and let them know that they're loved and let them know that what they're doing is of value, even if the majority of people don't take the time to tell them that they're of value. The last part I'd like to focus on is having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. This is still along that same vein, but I want to take an opportunity to talk a little bit about anatomy and physiology because the analogy is we are different members of the church. Christ is the head and we are members of the church and together we are one body. Well, let's talk about our anatomy. Let's talk about our body. Let's talk about the brain. What is the brain responsible for? It's responsible for creating an electrical impulse in a anatomy and physiology textbook that would be better defined as action potential or neural impulse, or perhaps even better yet, depolarization. And it is able to communicate with nearly every cell in our body through those mechanisms. It's closely related to the cardiovascular system. And at the center of that is the heart. What is the heart responsible for? Well, it's a it's a pump. It's an essential pump that has direct neural control at a rate at which it should beat, whether that's parasympathetic innervation or sympathetic innervation, and that heart rate, based on the external need, if we're exercising or in fight or flight or uh, rest and digest or whatever the case is, pumps blood a set amount of blood throughout the entire body. In the average person, it's about five liters. Uh, of blood in the total body and under non-stressful conditions that 5 liter cycles through about once per minute we'd call that cardiac output but as the blood goes through veins through arteries through capillaries you name it to the lungs to the muscle to different tissues it's carrying with it the nutrition that we put within our body from the gastrointestinal system but it's also creating or not not creating excuse me but carrying hormones or the ability to uh, lice into hormones. One of the areas that hormones come from are the pancreas. The pancreas is unique because it functions as what we call an endocrine and exocrine. Simply put, endocrine means releasing within the body, exocrine means releasing outside the body. And I won't continue to bore you with how something inside the body, releasing something technically inside the body can be considered exocrine, but it does. And I can explain that at a, at another time. Most of us don't think of the pancreas. We don't think of the heart. We don't think of the brain. We often take them for granted, but clearly based on some of the things that I've just mentioned and the nuances we've got into with just the brain and heart, and we kind of stopped at the level of the pancreas, uh, thank goodness, thank God that we don't have to think about these things, that they just happen autonomically because boy, that was a mouthful that we just went through there and I probably bored you. And uh, if you fell asleep, please wake up. Uh, if you change the channel, uh, somebody help me jump over to that channel so I can guide you back to this channel. Um, but I'm passionate about anatomy and physiology and it is all God-inspired. And the more we look at even just those two systems, those three systems that we briefly touched just at the most minuscule of service surface level, There's no doubt about it. We come from a creator, a creator that we don't understand, we'll never fully understand. We're not we don't have the hardware to fully understand God. We're not God. Uh, But there's no doubt about it that we are God inspired, and it is beautiful the things that we know and understand to a slight degree on what occurs in our body. Again, as I've mentioned before, you name the system in our body, you name the anatomical part, you name the physiological process and it's an iceberg effect. At best, we understand the tip of the iceberg. So that's humbling for me. With the amount of information I have about anatomy and physiology, to understand that all of that applies to an iceberg effect is very humbling. And I go a different direction than most scientists. I think most scientists look at, okay, well, how can I figure out the entire iceberg? I pray and I thank God for the iceberg and the wealth of knowledge that we've been given. I don't think egotistically in a vein of how do I make sure that I know every last thing. I used to, used to be a big fault of mine. I used to, but now I just appreciate the design for what it is and am just marveled, truly marveled when I find something new out about the body, a new physiological process this research has shown And I also understand that when research shows us something about the body, that it's research showing an observation, not creating something or proving that evolution has occurred. Our anatomy is the same as when God inspired it in the very beginning. We're just learning more about his amazing creation. That's why I study what I study. It's really cool to try and understand how this body works. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm not a mechanic. The mechanics that uh, exist in a diesel engine are really cool and I'm slightly interested in it, but there's nothing cooler than us, than what body, what body we have been given by God. We are created in God's image. That's why I chose to study what I study and understand more about what God has created. Because frankly, it's it's cool. It's really cool. We're self-sponsored. Plan on continuing to be self-sponsored. We've split our website into basically three sections, a homepage and two sub pages. Um, technically, they, they're called sub domains. Uh, @physiology.com is your first stop if you want to find out more about what we're doing. For those of you that are not accessing the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Amazon, whatever it may be, you can go to podcast.erroratphysiology.com and you can find our podcast there. I've mentioned community a few times. We have a founding members priced membership that is only good for a limited time until we have enough founding members that we can branch off from that. All that information can be found at community.erroratphysiology.com. Everything's up, everything's greased and ready to go. Uh, it, is, it is ready for you to click on now. If those are difficult to remember, as I'm finding that Errorat Physiology is difficult to remember, really any three of those websites will get you to the right spot. Like I said, if you go to erroratphysiology.com, I said it last week, if you scroll down, there's going to be two green buttons. You really don't even have to scroll down all that far. Two green buttons. One takes you to the podcast. One takes you to the community. So if you jot down those three websites, fantastic. If you scroll down to our show notes, And you see those links and you click on them, fantastic. But there's really only one website you need to remember and it'll take you wherever you need to go. We've reduced the complexity of the website from our previous website to really those three spots. Technically, there is a fourth. It's called products at, or not at, it's not an email, sorry, products.erroratphysiology.com. And that has all our strength and conditioning programs. And uh, as I'll make mention here in a minute with our take-home message, in fact, I'll just include it now. If you have served our country through military, if you've served our country through fire, rescue, police, or if you're currently doing any of those things, the least I can do is share some of my knowledge with you. And so I hope you listen to this podcast and we're grateful for that. Um, any of you that have taken the time to review so that this podcast can get out to more people, we genuinely appreciate that. If you can't afford to support us in our community or through buying a program, the best thing you can do for us is to rate our podcast, to subscribe to our YouTube, to spread the word to somebody that may be interested in it. But for those of you that have served our country in one of the aforementioned or previous Ways we would like to offer a free strength and conditioning program for you. We sell those for five hundred dollars, so it's a five hundred dollar value completely free to that individual. So if you fit that criteria and you would like that program, you can email me at hello at at araratphysiology.com and I'd be happy to support you in that. If you don't meet that criteria, but you know someone that does and they may be interested, please pass our information along. And for the rest of us that are not actively serving the country in one of those ways, let's take some time to find someone that is and provide some service to them. I gave a really easy example of a cup of coffee. Super easy to do. There's a coffee shop every like half mile in most places. And as it turns out, there's a firehouse every like couple miles, right? They have to be strategically located to respond to emergencies, but yet we drive past them sometimes more than one on a daily basis. And we don't even think about it. Honestly, we take it for granted. And so hopefully this episode is a reminder not to do that. And this episode is a reminder that go grab a cup of coffee and stop by and shake some hands, share some stories, you know, uh, provided they have the time. Of course, they're there to Respond to emergencies when they come, and that's their first priority. And that's obvious based on my experience with fire members. Uh, But if they do have a free five minutes that I can chat with them and share a cup of coffee and just connect with them as human beings, man, I'm excited to do that. Really excited to do that. So, take home message again how far are you? Look it up on your map, on your phone. How far are you from a firehouse? In fact, let us know. Let us know how far you are and what you're going to do about it. How far are you from a military base? Let us know. Email us. How far are you from a police station or a jailhouse or a hospital? Email us. Let us know and what are you going to do about it? How are you going to serve those individuals? And the central theme of all of this from Romans twelve three through 8 Is to put the needs of others before our own. To use the talents we've been gifted. We wouldn't have them if it wasn't for our creator God. To use our talents wisely in a way that benefits the entire church. That benefits the entire body. And if you look into the New Testament and you look at where church is utilized. I'm not saying just your home church. I'm saying everybody. Everyone is created in the image of God. They all have unique talents and abilities that God gave them. How can we support them? How can we love them? As we're nearing close to the 40-minute mark here, I can see. uh, This is good timing. I've mentioned everything that I feel I need to mention for this episode. And as we always conclude in the same way, let's do it again. And that's with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come